0: Alright, well hello and hello and hello and welcome so much to, <laughs> to A Good Girl's Guide, uh, Rachel Vote, whatever it is that you want to call it, however it is that you know me. Um, tonight we have a kind of a special edition of a podcast that we're filming simultaneously as we do a live on multiple platforms actually. And this is also in conjunction with a web series that I've been doing in my social media groups and on my Facebook business page talking about well we call it Tuesday Talks and Tuesday Talks are uh, just a series that every Tuesday we are following the same format around personal development uh, awareness but also habit forming and action trigger pulling Uh, so we follow the same format every week but we cover a different topic and the reason we cover a different topic is because if you uh, are new at least to the way that I have kind of built my business around coaching. I don't like the word coaching anyways because I think it's very watered down. It's not very specific. Uh, I like to call myself a perspective coach if you had to put a title to it because I believe what my skill set is for people is um, relief. Relief in a moment where you might be taking things personally or you don't have the ability to kind of shift away from your own experience to see potentially why something is happening. That's relief. Relief is not taking things personally. Like this wasn't about me. This is about that person. More often than not, we're operating from unhealed trauma and our programming and stuff like that. So that's what uh, that is my skill set. I believe that I am good at holding space for that availability, and most importantly, uh, most importantly, what I feel so unbelievably blessed by the universe to say is that early in my career of coaching, I heard somebody say, and I I wish I should have, I'm sure I wrote it down somewhere in one of my multiple books of notes, but I heard somebody say that healers don't heal. And the minute that you figure that out, the better off you're going to be. Because a healer's job (laughs) is really just to hold space for you to become the healer of yourself. And I love that because it's also incredibly important because when we're searching for things in our lives, to change or to feel more fulfilled or to feel better, to feel more happiness, whatever, we are almost always searching for something outside of ourselves to complete that process. So whether it's happiness or pulling myself out of depression, anxiety, whatever, whatever, we are searching for something outside of ourselves. And I know that for Rach, um, I mean, I've cycled through them all. I've cycled through humans as being the thing that fixed me, quote unquote. I've circled through food. I've circled through things I've circled through substances, uh, both alcohol and cannabis. Uh, I would kind of classify food in that regard. If you're, you know, not eating what's natural to the earth, then it's technically a substance because it isn't real food. So it's it's important to note that, and um, you know, go from there. So as I was swirling myself out of in my coaching business, if you had to call it that, right? Uh, everything is connected in life, but I I think it's overwhelming to make a consideration that we would quite literally have to figure or. Um, Make space for everything that's going on in our lives. We got time for that, okay? Uh, and the beautiful thing about personal development is that you're gonna hit all these branches anyway. It's like you're at the top of the tree and you're just like falling down and you just hit all of them all the way down, okay? So I break down coaching or goal setting is a better and safer and more flowy way to address that, right? Is that we've got five categories in our life that are the main, the main categories, in my opinion, okay? We've got wealth, which is more than just money, right? It is beliefs, it's retirement, it's savings, it's so many things. So it's not just money. The next thing is relationships. We covered that two weeks ago. Relationships that are more than just our intimacy ones, right? They are coworkers and family members and friends and so on and so forth. And then we have our mental and physical well being. I do not think that you can separate those. Um, but here we are. Okay, and then we also throw spirituality in there. Okay, that's actually in our Tuesday talks, I've actually combined those two. So, mental, spiritual, and physical well-being because you can't separate them in my opinion. Uh and even though I've created the empowerment class where we talk about all these functions, we even talk about those separately. Mental and physical well-being and spirituality, we talk about those as two separate entities because even for myself in the beginning of growth and change and things like that, I did not I was not even prepared. I wasn't prepared or ready to tackle spiritual, which is different than uh, religion, and we need to be aware of that. Okay, so in in the context of our Tuesday talks, I have lumped them together because in if in and with the <laughs> reset your mouth when and if Empowerment Two Hundred One comes out, it will. Combine those two. We won't think of those as separate entities anymore. And then the last, the last category, the fifth category, is your uh, passion and purpose. Also disguised through growth and contribution. They're really all the same things. uh, But that's the fifth category. And so, as you can see, we really have four, right? Because through Tuesday talks, we've done, we've combined those ones. So that's why we end up with uh, rotating our subjects every four weeks. And tonight is about purpose, passion, growth, and contribution. Okay. Now, what we have been talking about again around. The formula of talking about habit changing and stuff is important, but we got to talk a little bit about this, the whole context of this, because the other ideas between wealth, relationships, mental, physical, well-being, and spirituality are kind of black and white, right? Like it's obvious what we're talking about, but when we start discussing passion, purpose, growth, and contribution, wow, muddy waters, right? Uh, And the reason I believe that to be true is because nine times out of 10 when people come to me or any coach or any therapist or any modality, It's because we feel unclear in our lives. And for a lot of us, that also has this comorbidity of um, overwhelm. (laughs) It's odd because it's like you want to do so many things, but you don't know what to do. And so that like that that swirl of emotion turns into overwhelm, which if you're a spicy person, spicy brained person, then you end up typically going through paralysis, uh, analysis through paralysis. Oh my gosh. I get so excited. I just can't stop saying, I can't say the words right. Paralysis through analysis. Meaning like you overthink and you overthink and you overthink and so then you're just, you're exhausted energetically speaking so you do none of the things. None of the things, okay? Give me a hands up if you can if you can just like, you know, if you can relate to that, okay? Um, So growth, contribution, uh, passion and purpose, right? So in the empowerment class, what we really talk about and an idea of this realm is about your life's intentions. Okay, Uh, shout out to Chris, that was my first coaching uh, coach. My coaching coach, she was my first coach And what she helped me to understand is that your life's intentions are something that are innately, you're born with them. Uh, And to take that one step further, some additional light that was shed for me is that a belief is not something that is set in stone for you. I was shooketh, to say the least, when I started to understand that. Um, Separate from Chris, I I, I came across this thing and I, I just, I've digested too much information so I can't give you original sources off the top of my head. I could find it for you if you wanted me to. But a belief is just a thought you think all the time. Okay. I'm going to repeat that one. A belief is a thought you think all the time. So that's why your beliefs are malleable. That's why you can change them. And most often many of us do um, for, especially if you start to d- develop personal development because you can't bypass it. It really, it, it allows for you. It also forces you to quite literally think about anything and everything you've ever been taught, you've ever been given as information and really questioning whether or not it's your truth. And so a belief is just a thought you think, you, think all the time. So as an example, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use this one as like a, a semi-jokingly one, and then we're gonna use a serious one, right? So if I said the sky is blue, 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 that my teachers told me, my parents told me, whatever, 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 I'm gonna grow up saying that the sky is blue, yes. Uh, and then one day, you know, somebody comes to you and says, "Did you know that there's a spectrum of blue colors on the rainbow? You could have light blue and dark blue and navy blue and turquoise and whatever, whatever, right? Fill in the gaps, right? So all of a sudden, it's like, oh. So the sky's not blue, specifically the sky is light blue or whatever, you know, like you fine tune it. And so while that seems like a silly belief to alter, it just helps us to understand that it's possible, right? So now that I'm just specific about my belief about the sky. So it's not like I went from believing it was purple to blue or whatever, whatever, but I still changed my belief, right? I changed my belief from thinking it was blue to a very specific color of blue or so on and so forth, right? And when we look at this in a larger context, right? A personal example for Rachel. I'm fat, 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 I'm fat. And that didn't usually all, usually directly relate to that specific word. It was like, I'm unhealthy, I'm not worthy, I'm unattractive, I'm not wanted, I'm not desirable. All of those things that encompassed under the umbrella of thinking that I was fat. Now, at the time, what if I would have been able to switch it, right, I would have said things like, I'm just not my ideal weight, or I'm not feeling healthy in my body, which are more specific and authentic and truthful for me. Because that is true. Like, what is fat? Who gets to decide when the 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 passing zone of fat is? Right. So it's just a belief, and a belief is just thought you think all the time. So if if it's not a belief that is serving you, it's time to retire that belief. It's time to um, change the belief. It's time to adopt a new belief. But it's also imperative that you want to really identify what that uh, belief was doing for you before you let it go. Because what will happen is if you let it go, this is not the right lipstick for tonight because it is just like kind of. It's not as slick as I'd like it to be. It's a little choppy. Okay, so anyways, um, if we end up changing a habit, a belief, whatever, whatever, we stand on the other side of it, not understanding what it did for us, it ends up becoming a detriment, in my opinion, because it's still dead weight. It's still dead weight that's holding you down. And so when we really look at what a belief did for us in a moment, it sets us free from the entirety of it, okay? So that specific belief around saying I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat, I mean, I can't tell you what your, what the underlying serving belief would be for you, but I can tell you that from my perspective, what it was is about protection. If I had these extra pounds on me, if I had this extra weight on me, then I was protected from hurt. Like, did I want relationships, especially with my father? Okay, daddy, issues over here. Absolutely. But I had such a large fear of rejection, a large fear of abandonment, that if I make myself unattractive, then I can't even subject myself to the possibility of rejection and hurt and pain because nobody will approach me. Does this make sense? So in a sense, not in a sense, quite literally the belief that I'm not desirable, not worthy, not whatever, whatever was serving me at the time because I didn't know how to navigate a healthy relationship. And so instead of getting into that discord, I sat back and protected myself with those walls. So when we really get clear about what it is that this non-serving belief in its presence, present moment what it was doing to us, for us, to protect us, then we can let it go fully when we move into the new belief, okay? Now, what's also important to remember is, as we've gone through this formula, that this isn't going to happen or change overnight. And so one of the largest tools that I teach for people is the gift of grace. I mean, you got to give it to yourself first, but it's definitely important to extend it to other people. And so is empathy, both of those tools. They should go hand in hand together, I think, okay? But grace, because one, most of us aren't even recognizing that we're going to be making a change, that we need to make the change, whatever, whatever. Okay. So grace under that regard that we didn't know any better because we were doing the best we could with what we had. Okay. We have to do that for ourselves because ooh, goosebumps talking about it. I can't tell you how many times when I got finally clear on the autopilot dialogue that was running in my head, she was not a nice person. She was not supportive she was not kind. She was not empathetic. She was always running on tracks of who do you think you are? Get your shit together like I knew you couldn't do it, right? So it's so important to be in recognition of that. And so that's the first step is awareness. <laughs> the first step is awareness and choosing to walk into that awareness. And that is, that is very difficult. Majority of the masses are never going to get here. You're never gonna get here, friends. And I, please hear my heart when I say this to you. It's not because of an intelligence level. It's not because you don't necessarily want to. It's just, again, the, how would you know? If you've never been exposed to these beliefs, these ideas, these these, these habits, you don't know you can change your mind, all right? I, I have said this repeatedly that I consider myself a very, very intelligent person, okay? I lack a lot of common sense, okay? <laughs> uh, but I am intelligent and I, I know that I'm book smart all right? But that's not a true reflection of anything. It's all made up. What is an IQ? It's just a number that we've made up, okay? Um, But the grace around making change, because when you step into the awareness of, oh my gosh, like everything I've ever known to be true, is this true? Is it true for me? Is it true for me? Just because I was taught this, just because I was exposed to this, just because my family believes this, just because my community did that, does that mean it's for me? All right. And if you're struggle busing with discord, uh, any type of contention, if you feel like on the inside, you're like, oh, it doesn't match up with how I'm feeling on the outside. You need to tap into that. You need to listen to it. You need to acknowledge it. All right. So you give yourself grace because you didn't know any better. All right. I absolutely was a person who was stuck in a fixed mindset because I didn't know a growth mindset was an option. That also tied back into my beliefs. If I didn't know that a growth mindset was an option, I didn't know I could change my beliefs. If I didn't know I could change my beliefs, I didn't know I could change my life. All right. So we have to be in full recognition of that. And so again, looking at that, the, the program, okay. Um, man, I've spoke for 20 minutes. I didn't even mean to go this far. Okay. All right. So the way we have to look at this is understanding first and foremost, again, that we are living in a black and white world. Okay. Black and white world. Um, I can't say that that's a global thing, but, uh, it's definitely within the United States. Okay. So black and whiteness is that I'm either this or I'm that I'm this or I'm that I'm this or I'm that I'm what I'm fat or I'm thin. I'm healthy or I'm unhealthy, healthy, I'm rich or I'm poor. I'm smart or I'm stupid. I'm pretty or I'm ugly. Like we, we think this, we think this. And I I don't know exactly where it started to happen that we not only could not identify that you could be more than one thing at a time. Thank you and massive shout out to my first real therapist who helped me to see that. Again, Considering myself very intellectual, straight A's, honor roll, top 10% of my class when I graduated, this biznatch did not understand I could be two things at once. Two things at once. I could continue in my direct sales business and do the in-home party experience because I freaking love to do that and I could move towards coaching. I could be a great mother and a great entrepreneur. I did not know I could be more than one thing. I just thought that I had to put all my eggs into one basket. So giving yourself that permission to understand the black and whiteness, right? because the truth of the matter is that I I can't even tell you an example that is accurate where it's either this or that. Everything we do, everything we know, everything we learn is on a spectrum. Everything is on a spectrum. We won't even get into like gender and sexuality being on the spectrum, but it's, (laughs) it is. Uh, But all those things I mentioned, right, from being poor to being rich, it's not one or the other. Right. Like if I have 20 bucks in my bank account, but, um, you know, that's just my spending money and I have millions of dollars in stocks and bonds, am I rich or am I poor? If I have millions of dollars in the bank, but I, um, you know, I've cheated on my wife and, and impregnated the three people and I'm not paying child support and, you know, like I yell at the neighbor when they let their dog poop in my yard or whatever, is, is that rich or poor? right? Because it's not just fucking money. It's your lifestyle. It's your beliefs. It's the way you feel every single day. So it's not that easy. So where's the defining factor that I switch from poor to rich? Where is the defining factor that I go from being an ugly, to, uh, ugly duckling to a beautiful swan? When does it happen? When I get boobs? When I get an ass? When um, you know I straighten my hair? When my nails are done? When I have my false eyelashes on? When is it that I'm going to switch from that one side to the other? Where is the spectrum? Where does it go, right? And that's not even the question I really want you to ask yourself is like, where is the defining line of going from this to that? Because it doesn't exist and that's the bigger picture. That's the bigger picture is that it's on a spectrum. So when you identify for yourself where you want to be, that is it. No more questions, no more games, nobody else gets to define where you fall, right? Because I will sit here and tell each and every one of you, I mentioned this probably, I don't even know, a handful of times in the last couple of years. Uh, Being self-employed, I celebrated my eight-year anniversary this summer. I have been self-employed for 11 effing years. There has been previous years that I've made more money, more tangible, physical money in my business in a year than I have probably in the last two to three years. I make less real, real, quote unquote, money now than I have in the past. Why do I tell you that? Because if you ask me if I feel like I'm rich, if I, well, let's define, let's re, let's re, let's re situate that word, right? If you ask me if I'm poor or if I'm wealthy, oh girl, you don't even have to ask me twice. Okay. I am the richest I've ever been in my life. Okay. So there is, obviously there's two factors there, right? Like I just said, like we have to figure out the fact that everything runs on a spectrum and then we have to decide where we want to land on that spectrum. And then we have to be in radical acceptance of said spot on spectrum. Okay. So that's the black and whiteness that we all exist within. Okay. Um, now how, um, how did we get here basically? So this is a four step process that we talk about tonight. Uh, the things that we have to consider around passion, purpose, growth, and contribution, right? As I was talking about earlier and I got squirreled cause I always do. All right. We were talking about your, um, your life's intentions. All right. So as I was stating, my first, um, coach, my coach was under helping me to understand that these are innate within you. Like, So we're, you know, I'm realizing the bigger squirrel that I was in, okay, about how the fact that beliefs are malleable and you can change them, right? It's just a thought you think all the time, right? But your values, your values, I can't say that, you know, they'll never change, but truth be told, like, I mean, that's pretty built into you. Okay, like values. Values differ than your beliefs because again, a belief is I think I'm fat, I think I'm thin, or I think I'm rich, I think I'm poor. A value is more along the lines of being an empathetic person, being a generous person, right? Like these are things that you value about yourself and humanity. And so, you know, those I, that's what I want to say. Like I can't say without a doubt that those will never change because I can tell you that the things I valued when, in my younger years are different than what I value now, but only to a degree, right? Because when I was younger, I would have valued money, but today I value richness, which is again, different, but kind of in the same realm. So it's important to really understand that as well. Um, But your values won't change. They, They won't change. They will be more rigid than your beliefs. And that is again, why you have conflict, right? Because the inside you is saying like, I want to be this. I want to show up as that. This kind of thing makes me happy, but... The outside, everything, your parents, teachers, pastors, environment, government, society, friends, they have all been saying, yeah, but you'd be happier if you did this. You'd look prettier if you did that. You'd fit in more if you had this in your life, right? And so that's your contrast. It's like everybody else is telling you what's going to help you fit in and be happy versus what you're saying. But I just want to be a hippie and run around with no shoes in my backyard and put my hands in the dirt and grow my own food, right? Like, Sure, a lot of us do that now, and in our adulthood, it's more acceptable. but is it compared to what you were told and grown up growing up with, right? So that's the important thing to remember. So in the first bubble of this this uh, conversation, you got to think about what your expectation is around passion purpose and growth and contribution now what's really important about this conversation tonight is that all the previous ones that we had i think that there are easier definitions of man versus woman and everything in between in a sense like there again is an expectation typically when we were talking about money, there's a, there's a lot of visuals you can think about where women are expected to handle money and how they are expected—they're the spenders, they're frivolous, blah, blah blah blah. Men are the savers; they make the money, right? So there's a, a very clear division, at least in our society, of what we deem men to do and women to do. But when we talk about passion, purpose, growth, and contribution, it's a little bit muddier. And what I find ironic about this is that passion, purpose, growth, and contribution t- typically come a little bit more naturally to women than they do men. I think that we all have, we innately have this skill set. We innately have this desire. Uh, but this is again, a societal thing, because if we look at uh, actually before we can even get into those, uh, we have to really, again, we have to, we have to make sure that we understand what ours are. (laughs) Okay. So with growth and contribution, is it related to your job? Is it related to your individuality? Is it really related to your family role? What is your growth contribution and, um, passion and purpose, right? So the reason I was like trying to separate those is because at least within the empowerment class and for my coaching clients, what I have found is that the, the trend that we run into is that it's all muddy for a lot of people. And we are so confused about whether or not this is supposed to be our job. Is this supposed to be something that we do like in our free time? And the truth of the matter is, is that really should just be something that you're considering all of your life. Like if, if there's something that Detracts from your life or pulls energy from your life more than it's giving. It's you gotta take inventory of that, okay? Uh, I'm not saying quit your job, I'm not saying stop hanging off that person, I'm not saying like don't don't volunteer for that nonprofit, but absolutely do the inventory, all right? It is it's so imperative that whatever it is that you're doing in life, you're getting back what you put into it uh, because then it's just taking from you, right, And women are already bad enough of this as it is. You don't need more things taking from you, okay? If anything, more you need to focus on the things that are going to add that energy back in, especially for women. Okay. So what I was trying to say is that this is the one of the categories that I think is it's more unisex than the rest because the others have very clear divisions again in our society about what a man is told to be and what a woman's told to be. But when we look at growth and contribution and passion and purpose, it's very muddy. It's very, very muddy. So when we look at the, the norms, quote unquote, of what's expected of men and women, what I find, at least uh, from the empowerment class and the experiences of talking to people as they've taken this class, is that when we look at men versus women, which is not what we want to do, but again, this is just in this comparison, is that women typically their growth, contribution, passion, and purpose do not stem from the things that they do at work. They are usually outside of work, whether that's church-related, again, volunteering, um, you know, animals, hospitals, people community, whatever, that's usually the thing that fills the bucket. Not surprising. Why? Because it's on your own time. Why? Because you're usually not getting compensated for it. Okay. It's not wrong. And I also need you to know before we like run out of time, we got plenty of time, but uh, I need you to know that if at the end of this conversation and through your own reflection, that you don't end up having a job that is the end all be all to growth contribution and all all the, I should just all those four things I said earlier right. That's okay. I I was at a place in my life where I thought, man, man, what is everybody doing with their life? If you if you're not happy in your job, you mean you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Like I, that, that came from a place of privilege. Uh, not only because I had the accessibility to do it for self, but because I had gotten clear about what it was that I wanted, right? So uh, with all due respect, like I can, of course, sit on the other side and say, well, you're unhappy, like get your shit together, like figure it out. And of course, I don't coach like that. I don't say those things. But I mean, I would encourage it. So five five years ago, I would have been dismayed and upset at you if you like weren't like raking in money from doing the thing that brought you happiness, uh, which is naive and kind of silly. Uh, just because I lucked out and the thing that I very much enjoy also supports the family. That's not going to happen for everybody. That's not going to happen for everybody. And it's not always going to be my permanent thing, to be honest. Like, I mean, like, I'm not saying that I'm quitting, I'm not saying I'm walking away. It's just, again, permission to give yourself that this is just the current way it looks in this season of life. Okay. So important. I'm going to tie that back to what I said earlier about like with this realization of when I was loving doing parties, it was, you know, my full-time income, but I was starting to really feel this itch to move into generalized coaching and not just sexual wellness and intimacy. And I was having this like panic attack of conundrum because I felt like I had to choose. I felt like I had to choose what I was going to do. And so in that moment, I, when my therapist, thank goodness, again, was like, why can't you do both? Right. It was, it was a deeper root of fear around wealth and belief in money or whatever. But I just, I had to give myself permission and recognizing, oh, we're shifting. We're shifting now, right? Like, sure, the in-home party experience was fun. It was great. Um, you know, it has the buzz, buzz, buzz. But there's nothing wrong with finding another avenue to fill that cup, that growth and contribution. Because the reason this is so important, friends, is because one of the things that drives me absolutely bonkers is when there is a certain level of people who don't, they don't align, they don't agree with social welfare programs. They don't align and they don't agree with community-based programs. Uh, and the argument has been for many years is that they're freeloaders and they're moochers. And if you pay their way, they're they're not going to contribute to society. And it's going to be that way forever. Why, why do I have to pay for their lazy lifestyles, basically? Um, the thing about that. And it drives me bonkers for a number of different reasons. But for here's the number one I'm going to give you. OK, um, over the last four years before my littlest went to kindergarten, I, I mean, I'm still a full time mom, but I was clearly much more of a full time mom, meaning I had that little one until three o'clock in the afternoon until dad came home, relieved me from mom duties, took up dad duties. And then I went to the office and did my entrepreneur thing for four years. Right. She just started kindergarten for four years. I know you're going to hear my heart when I tell you that I would not give that back for anything. We had so many zoo trips, so many children's museums, so many arts and crafts, so many parks, so all the the wonderful things, right? I wouldn't trade that for the world. It does not negate that there were days where I was so disassociated, so isolated, and so what am I doing here with my life? Like it didn't happen every day, didn't even happen on a weekly basis, but why I'm telling you that is because mothering's great and it's so fulfilling, but it is being like a full-time nanny when you have one kid all the time. And why I'm telling you that is because although I love being a mother, it doesn't fill my cup to do it for 18 hours a day. Okay, and that's an exaggeration, right? I wasn't doing it for 18 hours a day, but I was doing it from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturdays, right? So that's my point, is that like it it didn't deter me from motherhood, it didn't make me want to stop doing what I was doing. The point and realization I came to is that people who think that about other people, like if you're just gonna sit around and you're gonna have your way be paid, you're not gonna contribute to society, you'll get lazier and lazier, it's bullshit, okay? (laughs) All right, so people who are traumatized and people who are hurt, that can happen. They're gonna in. They're gonna invert more. They're gonna, you know, like that. That's a mental health issue, in my opinion, for people who I'm not even gonna say well-adjusted, okay, but people who are in similar situations to what I was in, that does not last forever, okay. Handing people everything, they are going to be bored out of their minds. That is the human condition. We like to contribute. We like to dream up things. We like to create. We that's that's all purpose. That's what I believe. I believe humans come to this earth to create. I believe that. And when we don't create in some way, shape, or form, you can create math problems. You can create children, humans, right? You can create fashion. You can create makeup. You can create products that change lives. We are always creating. And when we don't do it, we feel stagnant. We feel isolated. We feel left behind. We don't feel like we're con- contributing to the greater society and good. So to me, that's asinine. If, if, you, if that's if you that is your way of thinking, you've never fallen on hard times, okay? If that is your way of thinking, you don't know somebody that has gone through enough mental illness, enough depression, enough anxiety to have debilitated their life at some point, okay? You just need to hear my heart when I tell you. I get goosebumps talking about it because I understand your perspective, but I'm I'm asking you to consider that it could be limited. Your perspective could be limited. Maybe you haven't talked to enough people. Maybe you've been so fortunate to always live in a gated community. <laughs> like, I don't know, okay? I'm not making assumptions. I'm just trying to peel back that layer so again, you can see it through a different lens. All right, so when we consider what are the expectations of humans around growth contribution and passion and purpose, this one's hard. You know, it's easy to say like, I, like I, the examples I gave earlier about what women are expected to do or what we deem women do with money in relationships and religion. Like we, we've talked about that, those are easier but what are the expectations around growth, contribution, and passion and purpose? There aren't any. There aren't any. And that's why it's so debilitating for humans, because sure, in your job, you have expectations, even as being a a caregiver and a wife or a husband or a partner or a parent or a caregiver in that regard, there still is an expectation. Keep that thing alive, that marriage, that relationship, that child. But to what extent, what expectations are we given? We're not. And so this one to me is hard because we don't know where to go. We are directionless typically when it comes to these types of things. We might luck out. We might luck out and we might have partners and parents at home who are already well adjusted or they really fuel their fire through growth and contribution. So we got to witness it in some standard uh, that allowed for us to do that. But I have to tell you, I have to tell you that even in my own experience, that is minimal. That is minimal because we're so overworked and underpaid and we do not have the creative juices that are given as permissions to self to give that opportunity to self to really have that outlet this modern day and age, we have ruined ourselves. So we don't have this ability. We don't have even the the gift of reflection to consider what's going on in our lives here, friends. So it's hard when we sit down and say, what was my expectation? That one you're going to have to do for yourself, because I'm telling you what, when I left a corporate job, the, the, the main reason why was my mental health the main reason why was my mental health because I, again i was working towards things and this is all in retrospect i couldn't have told you this when i was in a 9 to 5 and i'm not telling you to put your 9 to 5 okay i'm telling you that i'm an extreme case and i was undiagnosed adhd so i know that contributed to my performance and my integrity as a as a as an employee i don't wish that on anybody i want to be a good person i want to be a good contributor i want to be you know a team player but i wasn't in those circumstances because in retrospect, I can tell you, I didn't like working for somebody else's goal. I didn't like to build somebody else's dreams and not because they weren't worthy of it. Like, well, actually maybe that, that's, I should say, because they weren't worthy of it to me. I was out there building cell phone plans and selling cell phones. I was out there selling insurance, which is also a crock of shit in my opinion. Life insurance only needed because of the society we live in and it's cost a fucking fortune to actually bury somebody. But I, I wasn't passionate about those things. I wasn't passionate about those things. So helping people, clearly I'm passionate about it. I love it. I love it. Can't get enough of it. It fills my cup. I'm not drained at the end of a business day. I'm energized. I ain't gonna go to sleep right after this live. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Because it's going to elevate me, okay? So those are things that we have to consider. We have to consider those. For, I had to figure all that shit out about myself. I figured out that working for somebody else, being detached from the greater good, not having contribution, not having growth specifically in either of those jobs, those last two corporate jobs I had, there was no growth, no growth whatsoever. And I am going to say, by the way, I'm just going to, I'm going to plant the seed here that the direct sales company that I partner with absolutely kicked this off for me. Because if you are unfamiliar, direct sales and MLMs, I don't care what you think about them. You can have your opinions. It's totally cool. And most of them are probably legit. Okay. But it is an industry that absolutely promotes growth. It is absolutely an industry that promotes contribution. It promotes understanding self and moving towards better futures. Okay. It is all hidden and, you know, girl boss into the sun. (laughs) And if you're failing, it's your fault. I don't agree with that shit, but it still promotes that more than a corporate job. Your corporate job is going to send you on trainings for what? For better sales to make them more profit. When has your job ever sent you on a personal retreat for self-healing? And it's ironic because if you had that for self, if you had awareness, if you had growth, if you had healing you would show up as a better employee, but I don't know if it's subconscious or conscious that they don't do that because for most of you, if you healed yourself and I mean, you're not broken, you're not broken, right? But you're just putting the pieces back together that you may not have known were out of place. You'll wise up and leave that fucking shit. Okay, So that's the first step you're going to have to do, okay? I've been working on understanding myself for a very long period of time, so, you know, I... I don't even, I didn't have an expectation for all of those things, growth, contribution, passion, and purpose. I didn't have an expectation. I literally had to grow that for myself. Jamie, I saw your, uh, your comment. I'll come back to it, sweetie. Okay. Uh, now, so the second step though, what does the second step become in this process? And remember, we do the same process through all the categories, through anything that we're looking to do in terms of changing our lives. You can apply this formula. The first formula again was what was the expectation that was placed upon you? Number two, Why do I think this way? So these two go into conjunction because if you start off figuring out um, what was my expectation or what was placed upon me as my expectation, why do I think this way? Well, you think this way because of what I mentioned earlier. And we say it every fucking week. Who is influencing you? Who is giving you the thoughts that you have in your head? Who um, Who is programming that inner dialogue track for you? Everything outside of you, okay? For the most part, okay. The caveat to this, of course, is that if you had well-adjusted parents, well-adjusted community, if you came from an indigenous community, because fucking white people ruin everything uh, with colonization, we separated that idea. We went into individualism. We did the me versus we, and we need community. We have to have community. So when you look at why do I think this way, it's your parents, your your parents, teachers, pastors. Um, te- I already said teachers. Let me just let me just read them so I don't get confused, okay? Parents, teachers, pastors, movies, television, books, magazines, bosses, troop leaders, extended family, friends, friends of family, all of these things, okay? What I love about indigenous cultures is that they got it right from the beginning in terms of community, and we, we extended that branch, but we did it incorrectly, okay? Your community should be like quite literally raising every single person in that community, and when we're sick, we come together, and we recognize that that is dis-ease of the body, which is disease of the body, right? We come together. No, we don't do that in 2023, not in America. You know what saddens me the most about where we live is that we completely just become so individualistic that we have separated our towns, which is probably pretty normal, right? But from your towns, you move to neighborhoods. Probably pretty normal because the smaller the community, typically the better it is. But from your neighborhood, y'all have built six foot privacy fences. I'm not bitching, I've got one, okay? But from your six foot privacy fences, y'all installed deadbolt locks on every door of the house. From your deadbolt locks, you then install ring camera, security cameras. We have zero trust in one another. We have zero faith in our community. This is not a mistake. It's not a mistake, all right? And my husband thinks I'm batshit crazy, but um, nine times out of 10, I'll leave the house unlocked when I'm here, okay? Nine times out of 10, I leave my car unlocked at the grocery store. Not only because like I truthfully want to believe in the faith of humanity, too, in a logical sense, I don't leave anything in my car, it's super valuable that's gonna get stolen. Um, I mean, maybe that was it, one and two. Like that is just the small thing I can do for self that says like, I trust you world, and listen, I've been taken advantage of before. <laughs> um, but what is a better feeling to operate from? This scaredness that somebody's going to come after what I have, or this other notion, which is what Rachel does, which is like, if somebody needs to take that from me that badly, they need it more than I do. And how dare us become a society so estranged from one another that I can't recognize the needs of others? or that I, we haven't cultivated a community for that person to come to me and tell me what they need, especially if I have excess or the availability of sharing or giving it to them. (gasps) Goosebumps. That makes me sad. Okay. So why do I think this way? Okay. And here's the thing, right? Remember that conversation I said earlier about getting very clear about understanding what it is that this has done for us. What has it served us? Even if it didn't feel like it was of use, this is a really important um, uh, realization to have when we start to recognize who told me how to think this way, right? Because for the most part, again, your community, which is gonna be whoever your direct caregivers were and remembering that if your parents were not present in your lives, they had just as much of an influence, if not more, unfortunately, because of the lack, okay? This is not a reflection of you. You are not less than. You are not less worthy. You are not less desirable. And that's, again, what my gift is, is to help you understand that. That whoever placed any kind of trauma upon you, little T, big T, intentional, unintentional, it's not personal, sweet thing. It's not personal. When we look at them, whoever it was, that is an extension of where they come came from. Hurt people hurt people. I think you've heard that before, but it just it always wrenches my heart because it's so true. And it comes from two different. One, because it's all I ever knew. I only ever watched everybody I knew in my life hurt other people, and so that's just that's what I know. It's the way I learned to walk, quote unquote. So how else would I walk? And then there's the other side of that, which is I, I, I. What is the other side of that? You have the innateness is what you do, and then because you don't know any better, man. Nah, I guess we'll just stick with that, right? Because that is the truth of it. That's, that's exactly what it is. Is that. Uh, My dad didn't know how to be present for me because I don't think he had present parents. My mom um, had to detach from raising me at about 12 or 13 because she was done parenting and she was done parenting because she never had the chance to be a child to begin with. And then she became a young mom, three kids by the age of like 25, married to a guy who was never present, never present. And so I truly believe that my mom was always raising me from whatever age she was emotionally broken. She did the best she can with what she had. Am I dealing with the after effects of that little T trauma every fucking day of my life? But I get something making me emotional on my chest a little bit. But I get better and better and better that when those thoughts creep in of how dare you, who do you think you were? Sound familiar? Is that track right? But I I direct those at my mother. I get better at catching them and going, oh, but wait a second, Rachel. She's just a human as well. She was a human before she was a mother, and more importantly, she was a little girl before she was either of those things. And when she was a little girl, she was taken advantage of. Nobody kept her safe. (sighs) Nobody instilled confidence in her. Nobody told her it'd get better. Nobody told her any of those things. And so how can I be mad at a little girl, right? So it's a very fine line to walk because you sit in this place of hurt. You sit in this place of abandonment. You sit in this place of questioning your worth. But when you extend that to the person, the other person, it it just, it dissolves quickly. You know, like I'm going to be battling with that for self, but I don't have to be resentful at my mom anymore. I can understand that this is my path and my programming, but I can also understand that she didn't do it to me on purpose. Right? And I, I understand that for some of you, it might've been intentional. And it might've been on purpose, but at the core of it, it still wasn't because they're just replicating what they knew or did not know. So when you allow yourself to step outside of that ability, again, you don't take it. Oh, it was me. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't worthy. I didn't know how to keep them happy. It wasn't your fault. It was never your fault, and most importantly, it was never your responsibility. And so when we can see it through that lens, we can start to understand how everything that happens in regards to raising children or having community, for the most part, is good intention, right? It's because, first of all, that's how my parents raised me, so I'm going to raise you that way. Like, and on a subconscious level, we don't deviate from the way our parents taught us because we don't want to disrespect them. Especially if we're if we're subconsciously running through everything, we absolutely are going to do that because we don't want to disrespect them. Especially if they're still current, if they're if they are still in your life, I don't want to disrespect my mom by operating as a different mom. I don't want to disrespect disrespect my father by disciplining my children differently than he just dis, they disciplined us. Now I will tell you that there is masses upon masses upon masses of adult parents who are getting it right who are saying, I, I can see why you did it your way. Cool, I appreciate it, even respect it. Maybe not, but I am to your face. I'm gonna do things my way. Kudos to you. Kudos to you because not only, again, how much presence it takes to really recognize that you are not your past, also the radical acceptance that you're now doing this from scratch because you didn't have a blueprint to parenting. You didn't have a blueprint of raising little individuals without trauma. You didn't have the tools to make sure that that little person knows that they're an individual, that they're loved unconditionally, that they can never fuck it up, you know, so bad that you'll never love them. You're doing that from scratch. So that's where the grace comes in. and We pat ourselves on the back because you're doing the best you can with what you got. And at this point, it's nothing. You're starting from nothing. Ooh, but it's worth it. It's worth it. So they did the best they could with what they had. And this is again about the, the social conditioning of acceptance by community, right? The example I typically use week to week is when we talk about potty training, right? Like if you're on your way home um, from, I really hope that there's this. Talk about potty training, right? Yeah, okay, I'm gonna turn the volume down. Cause it was muted. I hope it wasn't like muted on the Facebook the entire time. <laughs> Sorry about that if you were there. Okay, so um, potty training, right? So if you're in the car and you're on your way home and you say something from the backseat, mom, I gotta go to the bathroom. And she says, oh, okay. Can you wait five or 10 more minutes because we're going to get home? Okay. The intention was good. The intention was to teach us to hold our bladder. The intention was also to recognize that you said you had to go to the bathroom. Thank you for telling me. I appreciate you. Right. But at the core of what just happened, mom has basically taught me I have to rely on somebody else to tell me when I can go to the bathroom. I can't just pee my pants. Okay. That's, that's obvious. Okay. But it's more of, I have to not trust myself anymore. So... I trust somebody else to tell me when it's right to meet me, okay? And this is a small example, but I want you to extend it to everything that you do. It influences the way that you eat. If somebody used to make remarks about, are you really going to eat all of that? Or even on the other side of that is that you finish that fucking plate because we don't waste food in this house. Both of, the, both of those things influence you around food. What was one thing my dad used to say to me? <laughs> it's not a surprise to me that at 37 my face still breaks out because I, I kind of believe that some of the energy that's trapped in my soul is the 14-year-old girl that one time I did, and my dad said, what's wrong with your fucking face? And my mom, shockingly, <laughs> said, Jeff, you can't say that to her. Uh, so, you know, that damaged my self-esteem and my self-image. Um, when it comes to money, are you really going to buy that? Who do you, can you afford that? When it comes to, uh see, relationships or self and all those. Okay, so I think we covered them basically, right? Passion and purpose, it could be like, do you really think you can make money doing that? <laughs> How many times have people heard that? Do you really think you'd be successful as an entrepreneur? Do you really think you should deviate from the plan and do your own damn thing, even though you know it'll be, bring, bring you way more happiness than sticking to the status quo of what everybody else is fucking doing over here? There's good intention there. You have to remember the intention is I'm trying to keep you safe. The intention is, is that we've always done it this way. We know that it works. Please don't deviate from it. What happens if you die? I can't lose you. Please don't do that. So, and oh, I'm just going to take that one step further is that typically when people are giving you an unsolicited advice in that caliber uh, and it comes off angry, mean, short, bad intention, all of those things, right? Or angry, right? Remember that this anger, by the way, is always a secondary emotion. That is out of fear, they're trying to protect you. They don't have the right verbiage that says, oh, wow, like, whew, this is a big deal. Like, we've never done anything like this before. It's kind of exciting to watch. And what are you going to do in terms of support? How how can I support you through this and make sure that you're as successful as you can be? All we see is a future that we can't predict because you're doing something different. You're doing something different that makes me feel unsafe. And furthermore, if you are deviating from the path and you're doing well, that. Oh, you better watch yourself now because you're about to piss off a whole bunch of people. Okay. Uh, That's twofold, friends, because when you start to piss off people around you, especially in your direct circle, number one, it's because you've killed off somebody that they used to love, right? Like if you show up different and it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if it's for the positive. It's almost a slap in the face when this happens, but it doesn't matter if it's for the positive because you used to be somebody else regardless. You used to be fatter, poorer, unhealthier, binge drinker cocaine user, whatever the fuck, and now you're sober. Now you choose you. Now you look to the future. You're not the same person and people don't like it when you kill off people they love. So that's one facet that can happen. The other side to that is that you've made change. You've made change and they've been trying for fucking ever and they haven't made any change. And now you're showing them that it's possible. Who the fuck do you think you are? And again, I have to tell you that in my experience, for the most part, both of those categories, subconscious, These people who say they would love and support you through anything, even your partners, sometimes when these, these two categories happen, it is absolutely subconscious. They don't recognize that. Well, I mean, they recognize that they're angry and that they have discomfort, but they don't recognize that they're doing it out of protection to you. They don't recognize that it's stirring something up within them. That's making them feel insufficient. Uh, so be aware of that. Okay. It's so difficult because friends, I'm not, (laughs) it's not, not going to happen. It's gonna happen, uh, and there, and for me, I'm just gonna say this is what I have to say about that. There were relationships I expected to lose. There were some that I was looking forward to kind of falling off the radar as well, uh, and not because I didn't like these people, but because again, we were just in different headspaces and we were different goals and um, so on and so forth. And so those would kind of naturally disappear. But there are relationships that I did not anticipate to lose. There are people that even. Even when I like actively and loudly said, I'm going to make change. I'm making massive change in my life. And they were like, kudos to you. I'm there with you. I'm taking your first class, like blah, 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 blah. And now they won't even call. Um, They'll, they're just not in my life. Okay. I'm not going to go down that route, but I was not prepared. I was not prepared to lose those people. And um, you might not be either. And you have to recognize again that it's not personal. It's something that's stirring up within them and you're you're welcome to reach out to them. And I wish you all the luck. In my experience so far, it hasn't gone well in trying to address those things. If that person's not in a place to recognize that it is about them, they're the ones that are holding onto resentment. But most importantly, if they don't want to make any change, with all due respect, that's okay, but there's a reason why we don't match up anymore because we're on different frequencies. We both used to be bitter, angry human beings who like to spill the tea 24 hours a day, seven days a week, who watch reality TV, who binge, who cut work just to go shopping. We used to be those people. I don't drink anymore. I don't watch reality TV anymore. And this is not a frequency that, again, I'm above you. I could go, I could go this way for all I care. We're just not on the same plane anymore. So it's disheartening sometimes. It's definitely something that you might not expect. And I'm not saying it's permanent. Of course, what I do now, of course, is I sit in this space to those who wish ill upon me and those that I love and miss, the same loving kindness, both, both groups. Why? Because if they could operate from a place of true authenticity, they could find their true office, uh, their true happiness. If they could find growth and contribution, they'd feel the same way I feel, which is not anger and not madness against those people. It's what I'm expressing right here, right now. It's joy and well wishes because if we were both operating from our own happiness, that just makes sense, right? Like you don't negate my happiness by being happy. You don't take away from my happiness by being happy. There is so much in this world that you can open yourself up to that doesn't take away from mine. And that is again, another thing that I think a lot of us think is if I have more money, people will go without. If I have more success, people will go without. That's not true. You do nobody any favors by playing small here friends nobody that was another thing that changed my life because sometimes I get into a lot of nihilism which is like oh woe is me or why should I make this change I'm just one person I can't change all the world I can't change all these women's opinions about sex and intimacy I cannot educate all these men about what they should be doing right and so nihilism which is again like kind of like paralysis through analysis you just get you give up like what good is there for me to make change because I'm just one person you can't fall into that trap please don't do that okay Uh, And I ended up squirreling myself out of where I was going with the nihilism conversation, but I digress, okay? So that's step one and two, by the way, we said the first step again is recognizing what was the expectation that was placed upon you. Step two is why do I think this way? You were told to. You were given the expectation to. We've always done it. It's always the way it's been, is that we just pass it on and pass it on and pass it on. We haven't thought at good detail about, is this healthy? Is this meaningful? Is it progressive? We, now A lot of us don't sit down and think about those. The, uh, are the active ways I'm raising my children effective versus the ways that my parents raised me? Were they effective? No, we just repeat. We repeat because it was easier to do it. Okay. So what does step number three become? We're doing pretty good, but, um, and we're, we're like over, we'll be over an hour potentially here on the social medias that we're doing live. Uh, but we got about 11 minutes left in the podcast. So we're just going to run out till that clock goes. And so if you need to dump early, I don't think that was a word, but if you need to ditch early, totally understandable. I, I appreciate you being here and I just want to say thank you now. Okay. Uh, but if you're, if you're able to stay, we got two more steps left. Okay. So step three becomes, does this align with my beliefs? right? So the thing I was always told to be or believe about passion, purpose, growth, and contribution, does this align with who I say I want to be, okay? We already talked about it. Probably not. If you're listening to this, if you have conflict, probably not, okay? Because you have to remember again that we we are all truly authentically something. We have our own individual unique energy, Uh, we have our own goals and our own dreams and our own hopes and our own wishes, but it gets clouded and muddied again with all of those external expectations. And so what I have found is that people, again, typically who are looking for me, looking for the class, looking for sessions, looking for modalities of healing of some kind, you're not broken. You're just putting pieces back together. We just call it healing. Okay. Your confliction. You can easily tell me right here, right now, like if if it, hmm, Can't put my finger on it, but it feels, uh, feels icky. Uh, That's it. That's it. Because the internal you, the internal you who's been trying to be here from existence is trying to come out. This thing, your soul, the greater you, higher self, whatever you want to call it, it's your authenticity. It's you. If you were never held back, if you were not given a set of beliefs, it would be who you would have genuinely became to be. That person on the inside is gently knocking, saying, hey, uh, you know all those things that you were told about being fat and unhealthy? We don't agree with that, okay? You know all those things that we were told about making money? We don't agree with that. Let's go live off a small, tiny house and build a garden and live off of our own food. We don't have to make six figures a year to be happy. We can figure this shit out. That's the inside of you. But the outside of you says, no, 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 what about retirement? What about 401ks? What about traveling? What about Birkin bags? Conflict, Right? Conflict. Inside me says, I want to be this. The outside says, you can't do that because we'll be rejected from society. And we don't want to die alone, which is the greatest fear that all humans have. Everything, everything boo-boos, everything that you're afraid of, I guarantee you, I will tell you how it'll trace back to a fear of dying alone. That's it. Which again is ironic because with colonialism, we completely tapered out community, which indigenous cultures always got right. And we moved into this me mentality. That whole conversation I had about shrinking your personal space from city to town to neighborhood to six-foot privacy fence to deadbolt locks to ring cameras, right? We did that. We we became individualistic. We became the nuclear family, and we cannot survive that way. It is why we're overwhelmed. It is why we're exhausted. It is why we're pulled in so many different directions. It's why so many moms are exhausted because you've been wearing so many goddamn hats and there used to be bucos upon bukos of women helping to raise your children. It's, it's, we're not meant to do it this way. And so now we sit here trying to figure out how to exist in this world and this is the conflict that you're suffering from. So even though we can't wipe the slate clean and start living in teepees as we should... Tomorrow, we can get closer by recognizing our true authenticity and stepping the fuck into it. Because when you shine from your bright light, like I said earlier, it's not your job to change people. It's not your job of your friend who says, who do you think you are? It's not your job to change your mom who can't get her shit together. It's not your job to fix your boss who only yells at you guys every single goddamn day. That's not your job. And you can't do it anyway because you can only control yourself. Listen to me when I tell you that one more time. You can only control yourself. You have been trying to control the external factors. That's a sense of control. right because if you can control how that boss feels how your mom feels and whatever I said earlier about that third person right if you can control how those people feel that's a sense of control around your environment then you know predictably your boss will be happy your mom will be happy that person will be happy so now you're happy except you're not because you haven't addressed your own goddamn needs you address their needs to keep them satiated you probably don't even know what your needs are that's a problem that's why you're exhausted you haven't even tapped into your own stop doing that shit Stop doing that. So when you authentically be you and you say, no, thanks, mom. I can't fix your problem. You say, no, thanks, boss. I ain't working off the clock. And you say, no, thanks to whatever that third example was that I already forgot. And you operate from yourself. You fill your cup. You can create more. You inspire others, which is your goddamn job. That's what you do. You sit there and you show others how good it feels to be themselves. That's why you're watching me. You're not watching me necessarily because you need the next big dildo in your life, okay? You know how to get that. You're watching this hour-long live on Facebook because you have been inspired by something I've said before. You have been inspired by the fact that I live authentically as much as I can. You're inspired by the fact that I do something that I love to do. You're inspired by the fact that it's obvious what my growth and contribution is to this world. And you shudder at the fact of thinking that you may never have that. That's what I do in this role for you. And that's what you are supposed to do for the rest of your children. For your partners, for your parents, you be authentically you. And when your your star shines so bright that it offends people, they're not your people right now. And I know that's hard to hear. And I know, again, it taps back into that fear of dying alone. But you also have to hear me when I tell you that when you operate from the frequency that you're supposed to, you attract more frequency. You attract me. You attract Holly. You'll attract Brooke. You'll attract Abby. You'll attract Heather. You'll attract Pamela. You'll attract all of these people who are operating on that same frequency. I want to be me. I want to be authentically me. I want to have growth and contribution. I don't want to go against the status or go with the status quo. I don't want to work a nine to five. I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to be in this relationship that I'm not not growing. You will step up into those. But you got to hear my heart when I tell you that it's on you. You can only sit here and be inspired by what I'm saying. My path will not be your own. You already know that, but I'm telling you one more time because your blueprint is yours individually. And oh, goosebumps to talking about it because it's sad to think that most of us don't have this path already nailed down, but it's so unbelievably rewarding when you do figure it out. And when you start to live within it, because I I have to tell you the level of flow that operates from your soul flow, whereas it's not that everything goes your way. All of a sudden it becomes, ah, whatever happens, happens. Well, duh, Rachel, because it can only happen one way. (laughs) There is unlimited possibilities don't overthink it anxiety friends because you will be exhausted if your brain which has the ability to think about every single potential possibility to happen in your future huh, we ain't got time for that so when we sit in this present moment with radical acceptance and we say whatever will be will be and i'll just handle it that's flow right we're not impermeable to the bad things we just understand we'll survive it all until we can't because there's only you know everybody dies but you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying Man, I've got three and a half minutes left on this podcast, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap this up on the podcast, but if you want to hang out here for just a moment, I'll, I'll properly wrap us up on the social media side of this. Uh, remember, because we only got through stage three stages, right? Or the three f- the three of the four phases, which is you got to know what your expectations are. You got to know where it came from in terms of programming, who told you to think these things, uh, and it was everybody. Okay, that's complex. Number three, does this align with my beliefs? Truth be told, probably not. Otherwise, you would be sitting here listening to Rachel. Um... Number four, just moving forward, okay? So a short version for the podcast version, moving forward, review your programming, exam, examine your present hindrances, get very clear on how you want to feel in passion, purpose, growth, and contribution, feel, okay? Because it's not a tangible successor marker, it's about your emotion, what will it give you emotionally? Consider what passion, purpose, growth, and contribution really means. We talked a little bit about that this evening. And then the last step of number four is to deconstruct on what passion, purpose, growth, and contribution was told to you and how it would look and get clear on your priorities and get moving, okay? So uh, for the podcast, I'm going to wrap it up because I just don't want it to be like odd when it cuts off because I only have 60 minutes to be able to do that. Thank you so much for listening. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored that you'll be here. Uh, I don't know, we'll be back for the next podcast, but if you were really jiving with this and I really love the fact that we had lots of people contributing on the lives, make sure to click on that link tree so that you can get into the Facebook group if you want. You got to be 18 years old or feminine energy, Uh, but it is a super, super amazing place to be. And we continue conversations like this. Otherwise, uh, empowerment classes are available as well. And the one-to-one sessions are always most popular. So thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time on the podcast. In the meantime, stay happy, stay healthy, and of course, wash your hands. Bye-bye!